What is up, what is up, and welcome back to another episode of Blood and Beer, the show where we talk blood sport and we drink beer. I'm your host, Matt, and UFC's back, MMA's back, we got competition again, we had a little lull in the action um, at the end of 2022, going into 2023, as we always do with the combat sports world, it kind of winds down, not as many events going on as they take, it's almost like their off-season, their one-month off-season, but we're back, we got an event to preview today going on this Saturday, UFC Strickland versus Imovov. It was supposed to be Strickland versus Gastelum, or Imovov versus Gastelum, but we'll get into that in just a moment. And then um, we also have Dylan Danis versus KSI. They were supposed to fight this weekend as well. That fight got canceled. Dylan Danis pulled out. They said that he uh, didn't have a camp put together. He wasn't taking it serious, didn't have a coach. So he pulled out a week before the fight, and that was supposed to be a pay-per-view on Dazen. So that was a big deal. And then before we do this preview and then get into other news going on in the MMA world and introduce our beer, um, it's with heavy hearts that we announced that Victoria Lee, 18-year-old prospect from one championship, has passed away um, on December 26th. The details about her passing, they haven't come to light yet, but she was an undefeated prospect for one championship, and she had a lot of aspirations. Her brother and sister were both champions in one and um, yeah, she was going places, so we're not sure what happened there, but it's very sad to see someone pass away at such a young age. We've had a lot of deaths to in the MMA world to close out 2022 with you know, Stefan Bonner, Anthony Rumble Johnson, and now Victoria Lee, so uh, rest in peace to her. All right, now we'll go ahead and introduce our beer. Today's beer of choice, we're rocking with Stacy's Mom by Evil Genius. It's a Citra IPA, whatever that means. Came out looking a little, little dark, but not like, not like a stout dark. So we're gonna try this out, see what it is, give her a score. It's got a lot of flavor to it. It's pretty good. Um, a little fruity, but not too much. It's a little bitter. I like it a lot. I'm gonna give that an eight one, eight one on the on the Stacy's mom. So hell yeah. All right, but this card today we're doing a pick 'em on some of the fights I feel most confident making the picks for, and I'll give you a parlay at the end of it, and then we'll jump into some more MMA news. But as I kicked off the show. Saying this fight card was supposed to be headlined by Gaslam versus Imavov. Uh, Kelvin Gaslam was supposed to take on Nazardine Imavov. And just yesterday, Monday, um, it was announced that Gaslam had to pull out of the fight. He got a tooth knocked out during training. It also looked like he had staph infection on his face from the picture. But he had to pull out, and immediately they announced that Sean Strickland would be stepping in to uh, take his place. And if you remember, Strickland was the headliner for the last UFC card where he took on Jared Cannonier in a five-round fight. I think that was December 17th. So this dude's being active, but they say Sean Strickland is always ready to go. His training style is all sparring for the most part, so he doesn't really put camps together for certain guys normally. I think he's going to be ready. It's going to be a fun one. We'll get into that in a moment, but we'll kick things off with some of the prelim fights. Um, Charles Johnson versus Jimmy Flick. Jimmy Flick, he's 1-0 in the UFC, but he hasn't fought since December of 2020. He had a brief retirement, if I'm remembering correctly. I believe his father had passed away. 
and uh, he retired because that's this was just something he did with him. He's back. He's taking on Charles Johnson, who dude's a phenomenal striker. I think he uses his range really well. Um, he throws unorthodox angle, strikes from unorthodox angles, holds his hands down at his hips, has good head movement, really crisp Muay Thai when you get in the clinch, and then he's also a beast jujitsu on the ground. He can roll. He can really roll. Jimmy Flick, though, he's no scrub. Dude, it's 1-0 in the UFC with one submission, and I think that was over uh, Cody Brundage, if I'm not mistaken, or Cody Durden. So, you know, he's a he's a beast on the ground, too, Jimmy Flick. That's his specialty. He's a, he's a submission specialist. But, you know, being off for over two years, coming in, fighting a guy like Charles Johnson, it's just kind of a total package. That's a lot to ask of somebody. That's why the odds have Charles Johnson as a minus 380 favorite and rising right now. I have Charles Johnson locked in for myself, and I would if you were t- if I were you too. I'd do it fast because the odds are only going up. It looks like uh, Vegas is thinking that Johnson's going to take this pretty easily. You never know. You know, Flick could pull out a nasty submission, and in combat sports, it's one punch that all you need is all you need. But I'm really feeling Charles Johnson in this one. And then another fight that we have coming up, we have Isaac Dolgarian. He's making his UFC debut against Dan Argueta. Um, Dolgarian's he's undefeated and he's a major prospect. Dude's super strong from what I've seen of him in the regional scene. He gets his takedowns really well, and immediately he starts moving towards a position to land ground and pound. He's a really aggressive offensive wrestler, and once he starts landing that ground and pound, he goes for hard shots, not... Not a volume. He's going for he's going for power to finish it. He's got quite a few finishes in his five and zero record to back that up. On the other hand, he's got someone that's just as good as rest at wrestling and really well rounded altogether. Dan Argueta. Um, he's zero and one in the UFC, but he was tearing up LFA before that. That's his only loss was his first fight in the UFC. But it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out because we haven't seen Dolgarian tested yet. Um, Argueta, you know, when he was tested, he lost a unanimous decision. So it's going to be interesting. But I actually have uh, I have the dog, Dolgarian, from what I've seen on tape. I just think he's going to have the power and he's going to be able to roll with him. He's going to be able to wrestle with him. I have, uh, I have Dolgarian on this with the plus 165 odds as an underdog. So there's two fights for you on the prelims. Dolgarian, though, I don't know a lot about him other than what I've seen on the regional scene, and we haven't really seen him tested. Argueta wasn't able to get it done in his first one. I don't know. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see. All right. And then one fight that's probably going to be fireworks, I would imagine. It's striker versus striker. We got Claudio Ribeiro. He's taking on Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. And... Um, yeah, like I said, striker versus striker. Both these guys got dynamite in their hands. Both, well, Al Hassan's a great kickboxer, has really strong kicks and punches, just one punch knockout power, undoubtedly. On the other hand, Ribeiro, he's coming off his Dana White Contender Series victory where he landed 25 second knockout with just a vicious hook. He's got super crisp boxing. I think this fight's going to be a one round event, and it's just going to be whoever lands that big shot first when they're exchanging. <laughs> Uh, but it's it's pretty much a pick at this point. I'm going to say Ribeiro takes it just because I have seen Al-Hassan be a little gun-shy in some of his fights. 
it it could go either way because it's just that one shot that we got that we need to land. But with a pick'em, I'm picking Ribeiro just because I'm hesitant to bet on Al on Al Hassan from what I've seen in the past. From you know, he gets a little gun shy in the moment. But that's what we have for the prelims. On the main card, we have Umar Nurmagomedov taking on Rowney Baselos. Um, Umar Nurmagomedov, he's like a 135-pound Khabib. The dude is just suffocating with his wrestling. He gets on top and he smashes. He looks for those submissions. He's undefeated, and he dude's just a beast. It'll be a, an absolute shock if he loses to Barcelos. Barcelos, he's a real well-rounded martial artist, a really good striker as well, but there's just there's levels to it. And the Nurmagomedovs, the people that train under Khabib and have been training with Khabib his whole life, like Islam, like Umar, like Usman Nurmagomedov, they're all just levels above everyone else. So he's a minus 700 favorite. I'm rolling with him. I bet on him last week when the odds were at minus 490, so his odds are going way up too. If you're going to parlay him with anything, get in fast because it'll probably be close to minus 1,000 by the time uh, fight day rolls around. I'm not sure, but that's just what I'm thinking. Probably minus 1,000 to plus 600 for uh, for Nurmagomedov, but I'm definitely locking him in for a victory. All right, and then another fight that's going to be fireworks, I think. Punali Soriano, he's taking on Roman Kapilov, I believe is how it's pronounced, Kapilov. Soriano, this dude, he's got really just dynamite hands and a really high fight IQ. He seems like he knows where to hit you to make it hurt. He, he just finds those openings and can really do damage with all his strikes. And then on the other hand, we have uh, Kapilov, who's just a really good boxer, really good striker altogether. Um, he's from Russia. He's not really a wrestler, though. He's one of the striker, one of the few strikers that are coming out of Russia right now. And he's a dog, but I just I think the odds are favoring Soriano because Soriano is so athletic. I mean, his takedown defense is absolutely elite. He's a super flexible guy, so if he does get taken down, he can just put his knee under his butt and just push himself up. The guy can get into some really weird positions. I'm going with Soriano just based on the power and his awkwardness. And at minus 165, I think those are really good odds for Soriano. I'm running out of breath. Goodness. All right. And then we have Dan Ige in the main event. He's taking on Damon, or in the co-main event, Dan Ige versus Damon Jackson. Um, Ige's dropped four of his last five, but they've all been to top competition. Um, Evlov, Josh Emmett, Calvin Cater, Korean Zombie. Those are the four that he's lost to out of his last five. All are top ten fighters. And Dan Ige's been in this situation for really since just a couple fights after joining the UFC, where he's shown he's definitely a top 15 fighter. But you're unsure if he's top 10, top 5 at most times. Really top 10 is what he's trying to break into, but he just can't quite get there yet. So this is almost a gatekeeper role. And he's taking on another veteran with Damon Jackson, who he's a great fighter. He's got good striking, but his forte is wrestling. They call him the leech because he just hangs on you. He can really wear you out and dominate any fight with his wrestling. I just don't think he's fought anyone on Ige's level yet. And Ige's power... It, he doesn't always get the knockouts, but I think it goes overlooked because he'll go a few fights where he drops them or he uh, he drops a fight or he just goes to the decision and gets the victory. And then 
you know, out of nowhere, he'll get a one-minute knockout or something. Dan, 50K Ige, baby. But at minus 120, I'm I'm loving Ige in this. I'm locking it in because I just think that he's he's the better fighter. He's been fighting the higher caliber people than Damon Jackson. Damon Jackson's been fighting people a little lower on the roster just because he doesn't have that name. He hasn't beaten those people yet. So I'm rolling with Danny Gay on that one. And then in the main event, this is this is really going to be interesting. Sean Strickland, like like I said, last minute replacement, one week notice or less than a week's notice. He's taking on Nazardine Imavov, and the fight versus Kelvin Gastelum for Imavov is supposed to be at 185. That's what both these guys usually fight at. Because it's such short notice, they're doing it at 205. So. I think that really benefits Sean Strickland because, like I said, we know the guy comes in in shape. He's always ready for the fight because he doesn't necessarily do a camp. He's more of a sparring guy. So he's not going to be drained from that hard-ass weight cut. And he's also he's going to have that extra weight to kind of bully, uh, bully Nazardine around and walk him down, which is his style. He likes to walk you down and just combos, short combos, not real hard punches, just volume 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 till he breaks you and then on the other hand we have Nazardine, who's you know super rangy he's well-rounded he's great everywhere but he has really good kicks and he, he does a real good job of using his range staying where he wants to keeping the fight where he wants to and using his footwork to get out of the way of danger i just think against a guy like strickland the pressure that he can provide the experience that he has his boxing skills and his chin i think it's going to be too much for Nazardine Imovov and at 205 I I just don't think that Imovov's going to want to play the games that Strickland's going to be putting on in there so while he's got a solid chance Imovov he's a beast he's got all the x factors I think he's still young I don't think that he uh I don't think he gets over the hill of Sean Strickland I think we see Strickland bounce back after losing his last two so I have him locked in at plus 100 right now and I don't think those odds will stay there. I think he'll end up being the favorite once uh, Vegas kind of wisens up to that. But I'd jump on it while you can at plus 100 for Sean Strickland. <sighs> That's what we have for the card, though. And other news around MMA, combat sports, all that fun stuff. Um, Diego Sanchez, former UFC fighter, first Ultimate Fighter winner. He, uh, he's been medically cleared to take, in, take part in a BKFC bout on February 17th against Austin Trout in New Mexico. We had Jake Paul sign a PFL contract, multi-year, to be a part of their pay-per-view. And uh, they said they're making a new class, a super class, where it's going to be famous people and influencers taking on already established fighters in pay-per-view fights. Sounds kind of like PFL is trying to incorporate Triller, Triller's business strategy, but you know it might work because Jake Paul sells and uh, PFL is just venturing into the pay-per-view with their last uh, last championship so we'll have to wait and see and more power to the guy for branching out to MMA after talking shit and beating up all these MMA fighters and then UFC Bantamweight champion Aljamain Sterling tears his bicep so he's going to be sidelined even longer he was supposed to be taking on Henry Cejudo so that opens the question are they going to do an interim championship bout is it going to be Henry Cejudo against someone else like Sean O'Malley or Cheeto Vera or will they put the interim belt on the line with Corey Sandhagen versus Cheeto Vera? They're fighting here in February soon. I don't know, but it'll, it'll be interesting to see what they're going to do and how long Aljamain's really going to be out for that. And then MMA is back, baby. 
we got a, a, 10 fights in the, over the next 11 weeks in UFC. Plus, we got Bellator 1. Um, we got BKFC coming back. Everything's coming back, baby. The year's kicking off. It's going to be it's gonna be good. Um, I'll end things here because I'd feel weird and um, just disingenuous if I don't bring it up because it is news. Dana White, um, he's facing allegations about slapping his wife. Not allegations. He did it. It's on video. Slapping his wife in a nightclub after an altercation where she slapped him first. Um, obviously, no excuse to ever hit a woman. But if you watch the video, it's not like he smacked the shit out of her or something. She did smack him first, but it was like a stop. Like, hand in the face, I thought. I didn't think it looked like he really smacked her. And uh, both of them seem like they're good with it. They want to move on with their life. But a lot of people in California, specifically senators, um, and I believe it was a women's activ activist league, they're, they want Endeavor to remove Dana White. TBS delayed the launch of Dana White Slap Fighting League, um, which was going to be on live cable, but that kind of makes sense. Bad publicity when the CEO of the Slap Fighting League just got in trouble for slapping his wife. I don't know. I don't feel any sort of way about it. I, I definitely don't condone violence against women for men and or violence against anyone for any reason that's not a sanction and whatnot, but... At the same time, you got to take every situation for how it is. This isn't the Ray Rice situation. This isn't a, the Adrian Peterson situation or anything like that. So, you know, it's not the war machine situation where he almost killed his girlfriend or wife. So you got to take it how it is. You shouldn't have done it. It's bad publicity, but I don't think he should be removed for this. I don't know. Let me know what you think. What you think about these fights, your picks. Leave it in the comments. Shoot me a message. That's all we got for you today. Like I said, MMA's back. I'm pumped for it. Next week we'll be uh, recapping this this upcoming weekend's card and then the pay-per-view with Glover Teixeira versus Jamal Hill. It's going to be a blast. I can't wait. I'll see you next week.